Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Ravens are flying high in the AFC North. Are the New York football giants officially back? And Taysom Hill showed just how much of a weapon he can be in the New Orleans Saints. I'm Kainani Stevens in for Peter Bukowski and you are Locked On Sports Today. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever. Bet Online, where the game starts. We got a very dramatic finish to Sunday night football. Bring in Kevin Ostriker here from Locked On Ravens. The Ravens got the win at the very last second. Pretty much no doubt at that point when you have that kicker on your side. But kind of what were your thoughts going into the fourth? Were you sure that they were going to be able to pull off the comeback? You know, heading into the two-minute warning, I, I've never been more confident in a prediction of mine ever because you kind of see the game script unfolding. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Bengals are at the one-yard line. The two-minute warning hits. I say, okay, the Bengals are probably going to get this in the end zone. It makes a lot of sense. I called a Joe Burrow sneak. I'm like, yeah, maybe Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Burrow ends up actually being the one to sneak it in. But I think that just leaves too much time for the Ravens. And we saw that it did. The Ravens did a great job the whole night getting into field goal range. They just couldn't really punch the ball into the end zone. So you're thinking, okay, hey, if they need a field goal, they've done it the whole night. Let's just do it one more time. The Ravens pick up some chunk some chunk yards on some chunk plays in the first couple of plays of the drive. And all you need is Justin Tucker to go out there, who is as automatic as they get. There's never a doubt when he's kicking that football. And in a game where both quarterbacks looked pretty mortal in this game, it was a game of defense, game of field goals, and it does come down to the kickers. And in that situation, I'm taking Justin Tucker 100 times out of 100. I think that's fair to say, of course, when Justin Tucker's out there. Uh, obviously, both of these teams were two and two entering the game. So they both, you know, have had their ups and downs so far in the short end of the season. What does it mean for the Ravens to not only be able to get a win, but in a close matchup like this with a d- very good division opponent in the in the Bengals? Yeah, I think I think it's huge, especially when coming into the year, a lot of people did anticipate Baltimore and Cincinnati being the two teams that are going to be competing for the AFC North crown. This does for now put Baltimore on the top over Cincinnati, but it does give them, I think, two things. One, a huge divisional win. Obviously, mm-hmm. those head-to-head divisional matchup wins come into play, uh, obviously, in like December and January, but to get it now is very big. Also, the Ravens were riding a five-game home losing streak coming into this game, so to get a win at M&T Bank Stadium, that streak obviously dating back to last season, it just gives you momentum and gives you confidence, and also conference wins. Baltimore dropped a couple of big, important conference games earlier in the year to Miami in Week 2, to Buffalo in Week 4, so to get that conference win also on the board is big and for a team that went one and five in their division last season which is very uncharacteristic of Baltimore I have to say to get a win against a team that absolutely blew out Baltimore twice in a game where there were a lot of questions going in about how would this defense be able to stop Joe Burrow Jamar Mm -hmm. Chase T Higgins who didn't play a ton and Tyler Boyd they, they answered the call and it was a defensive game and I think for Baltimore, you have to be happy coming out of it with a win. Still some things to clean up, but to get a big win against a divisional opponent in prime time, I think is absolutely huge. Certainly going to give them some momentum as well, because they're taking on the Giants, who are apparently good again. Um, We're going to discuss that, of course. But what is the team going to have to improve on? You mentioned uh, going into next week when they go on the road to take on the Giants. Yeah, I think one thing to look at is the run defense for Baltimore. This is a unit that came into the week 23rd in net yards per attempt given up on the ground. The Bengals coming into the game were the second worst rushing team in the league. Joe Mixon averaging 2.7 yards per carry. The Bengals as a team averaging 3.1. Baltimore gives up almost two yards per carry more than that at 4.8. So with the Bengals having a competent run game in this one, there are going to be some things to look at there. I think also the missed tackles have 
been a creeping issue, I would say. They haven't been absolutely crippling, but you have seen over the course of the year a missed tackle here, a missed tackle there. There were certainly missed tackles in this game against Cincinnati that sprung some big plays. And I think on offense, you know, Lamar Jackson has had his two worst games of the season back-to-back against Buffalo and against Cincinnati. So getting back on track against his former defensive coordinator and Don Martindale, who's over there in New York and has that Giants team at 4-1 and one with a defense that is ultra, ultra-aggressive. They're going to have to work on the kinks on offense because there were two wide open touchdowns Jackson missed in a span of three plays. And I talked about how Baltimore did a great job of getting into field goal range into that red zone area, but couldn't convert really only scored one touchdown in the game and had to settle for field goals for the rest of it. So I think Baltimore, they have some building blocks to build upon. They're good, but they still have that stuff to figure out moving forward. You can stay up to date all season long on the Baltimore Ravens by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Ravens podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen coming up after getting a big win in London. It also drove Peter to take the day off. The New York Giants might be back. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for your gambling needs. Tonight's matchup of the Chiefs and Raiders provides some value, starting with the Raiders team total points. Bet Online currently has the Raiders over under at 21. The Chiefs are favored to win, and Bet Online has them at seven point favorites over Las Vegas. And outside of Travis Kelsey, Bet Online is intrigued by Juju Smith Schuster catching passes. Apparently, they've got Smith Schuster's over under receiving yards at 50 and a half. Bet online is where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Referee Jerome Boger said Atlanta Falcons defensive lineman Grady Jarrett unnecessarily threw Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady to the ground as part of his explanation for roughing the passer call on a key third down in the Buccaneers win on Sunday. Jarrett had wrapped Brady up, then he rolled to the ground, bringing the quarterback along with him. The sack was at a point in the game where it would have stopped the Bucs in key position, forcing them to punt and giving the Falcons the ball back. But that penalty erased everything. Quote, what I had was the defender grabbed the quarterback while he was still in the pocket and unnecessarily threw him to the ground, Boger said in a post-game pool report. If you watch that replay, you may not see it as that nasty of a hit, but no surprise, TB12 got that call. Georgia took back the number one spot in the Associated Press College football poll. The Bulldogs snagged the top spot from Alabama after being bumped out last week by the Crimson Tide. Alabama slides to number three after they narrowly beat Texas A&M. The Tide were without Heisman Trophy quarterback Bryce Young, but Georgia absolutely dominated Auburn, further proving they're the best team in the country, at least right now. Ohio State moved up a spot to number two, receiving 20 first-place votes. Number three is a season low for Alabama, which was the preseason number one, but they fell to number two after week two. The Crimson Tide received 11 first-place votes. In the MLB playoffs, there were two teams who broke long playoff droughts this year, and they're still playing. As Ty Dane Gonzalez from Locked On Mariners points out, chaos ball has been introduced to the postseason. The Seattle Mariners introduced the entire world to chaos ball. This is Tyden Gonzalez, host of the Locked On Mariners podcast here. The Mariners defeat the Toronto Blue Jays by a score of 10 to 9 on Saturday night at Rogers Center in order to advance to the ALDS and sweep their wildcard series with the Blue Jays two games to none in what is going to go down as one of the greatest games in Seattle Mariners history. One of the greatest playoff comebacks in Major League Baseball history. 
the St. Louis Cardinals seemed poised for noise in the National League playoffs, but when the Philadelphia Phillies showed up, Connor Thomas from Locked On Phillies is beside himself with excitement as the Phillies are officially moving on. The Phillies are moving on to the NLDS, Connor Thomas, your host of Locked On Phillies. Oh, man, it was a heart attack the whole way. Bryce Harper, a, a solo home run, just setting the tone for how this night was going to go, and it was all they needed. The Phillies tack on another one with small ball, and it's just, oh, my goodness, too bloody nil. And the New York Mets are out. The San Diego Padres advance now to face their rival, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Javi Reyes from Locked On Padres is feeling good about it. Ole, 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 ole. What is up, everybody? Javi Reyes here of the Locked On Padres podcast. See you later, New York. See ya, Java Joe, the San Diego Stallion, Cotton Eye Joe, Joe Musgrove in an elimination game. Seven innings, one hit, zero. That's right, the donut. A donut's hole and a donut's hole, as Benoit Blanc of Knives Out would say. An absolutely dominant performance by Joe Musgrove, an all-time pitching performance in Padres playoff history. Here is another story you need to know. We are in week five of the NFL season, and already the New York Giants have matched their win total from last year. Obviously had to bring in Locked On Giants' Patricia Traina because New York football Giants are back. They're legitimate. They got a win over the Green Bay Packers in London on Sunday. And what does this mean? What are we looking at right now? I'm speechless. <laughs> I really am. I mean, after almost a decade of bad football, to see mm. the Giants – doing so well, finally turning things around. Now, people will say, well, who have they beaten? You know, the first four four games, you know, the Carolina Panthers who are not doing well, you know, who have they beaten? The Packers are a pretty good team, despite what, you know, we might have seen from them in the past and whatnot. Aaron Rodgers is a tough, tough customer. And the Giants, the good thing about them is they are learning how to win and they are not beating themselves. That's so important because, you know, look, that losing culture was going on in that locker room for a number of years. Brian Dable comes in and totally different approach. He's teaching this team how to win step-by-step instead of just going right to the top step-by-step. And it starts with playing your role, not beating yourself and just be paying attention to the little details and contributing. And that's what he's getting out of this entire team. Everybody's contributing, whether you're a superstar or, or a household name or, or somebody who's at the bottom of the 53 man roster. And to talk a little bit about this win, because it is a significant win over the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, Peter Bukowski, you're not here to represent his team, but I will give them the credit. <laughs> They're a good team normally. Um, but for the Giants to come back and win, they were kind of outcoached in this one. So can we talk a little bit about what Dable's been able to bring to this roster? Because a lot of it has carried over. He's kind of just changed a little bit of the mentality. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we always hear coaches say, I'm going to put the players in the best position. I'm going to open door policy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But at the end of the day, a lot of coaches don't do that. You know, they intend to do it, but for whatever the reason, they don't. Um, we've seen that in the past with this Giants team where coaches have come in and said, oh, we're going to fit this system to the talent we have. And they don't. 
either they're not creative enough to do it or they're so stuck in their ways that they just don't do it. Well, Brian Dable came in and, you know, said all the right things. And he has so far backed all that up by doing what he has said he would do. And in addition, this is very important, I think, is that he has given the players, the coaches, the staff a little piece of ownership of this program. So when they win, it's not that Brian Dable won, it's that the organization won. And if they lose, it's not that, you know, the players necessarily lost, it's 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 the coaches. So it kind of reminds me of how Tom Coughlin used to run things. He would always point the finger at himself if they lost, but if they won, he was quick to, to deflect the credit and put it on the players. Absolutely. Now that we've decided, I guess that they're legit, right? They've got a legit win. This is a legit team. What is it going to take for them to, to compete with the Eagles, who some are calling the best team in the league right now and obviously in their division? Yeah, the Eagles are, yeah, I mean, they're undefeated right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they are really one of the top teams, if not the top team in the NFL. The Giants, look, you know, right from the get-go, I, I never really thought they were going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. I said, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they would be 8-9 and nine if, if everything fell into place. And they, they're halfway there right now, which, you know, if you think about it, they had four wins all last year. So um, they're well on their way to 8-9, to fingers crossed. But um, the Giants, they have some holes that they have to address. You know, wide receiver is still a big, big problem for them. They're, you know, the injury bug is ripping through that team. They lost, you know, cornerbacks left and right. Adoree Jackson was injured today. So they've got to get that under control. They've got to, you know, really beef up some of the areas in which they're weak. Receiver, get some depth on corner, get, get a little bit better depth on the interior of the offensive line. You know, just just fix some of those positions um, they are on their way. Like I said, I think it, it, you know, they're in the right direction, but I don't think they quite have the roster like the Eagles do. And, uh, I think some of those deficiencies might come up and, you know, come back to bite them. That said, that's why you line up and you play the game every week to see, cause you never know. Absolutely. And I think already matching your win total from last year, means things are going in the right direction. So good to see there. Stay up to date on all things New York Giants by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Giants on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Coming up, Taysom Hill put the Saints on his back on Sunday. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today. With the NFL season kicking off, Sleeper is climbing the charts with over 4 million plus users. In addition, they just launched 22 new features including over-unders integrated into fantasy, the first sports contest game built into the fantasy experience. Not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do so through your fantasy league's matchup screen. It's super simple. First, in any sport, you choose two or more players that you like and you pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then you choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited for Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and we can all play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, and it's insanely fun to ride things all out together. So stop what you're doing. Download Sleeper now to play their over-under game. You can have fun with your friends and make some money, too. On our mobile phone, on your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash locked on today, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit 
deposit up to $100. Again, you go to sleeper.com locked on today and you will get a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply. See sleepers term of use for details. The Saints come into week five with a whole host of injuries, but that didn't seem to matter whatsoever. Locked on Saints, Ross Jackson. Explain this to me, how you can come in with all of that going on and and win as decisively as you did and in that fashion. Uh, Well, it's all Taysom Hill, right? I mean, (laughs) you know, the Taysom Hill had three rushing touchdowns and threw a pass to yes, and he can pass. He also had 69, uh, 69 kick return yards as well, recovered a fumble. I mean, the guy did everything. He threw a lead block at one point in the game that sprung Alvin Kamara for 10-plus yards so that the Saints could actually take victory formation uh, for the first time this season. I mean, that's the way that you're able to do it. And so the Saints, they come in with this sort of host of injuries, but they're able to find a bit of an identity in their ground game, led, of course, by Taysom Hill, but Alvin Kamara with 194 scrimmage yards as well. They found their identity on the ground, which allowed them to be able to pick up the pieces where maybe they were dealing with uh, some of the other pieces where they weren't going to be able to produce with the injuries that that they had piled up coming into this one. Ross, you bring up identity because it feels like every time that they're trying to figure out or like build something new that Taysom Hill just comes in and he's like, oh, I'm awesome. Like I can do all these things. Like, why don't you build around me? But like. So when Jameis comes back, like what does what does it go back to? Is it kind of it's kind of an aversion to going the Taysom Hill route because we don't really know what that is, but he did so great today. Yeah, yeah. And I think you just keep putting the ball in his hands and you continue to use him as an offensive weapon. I think taking Taysom Hill and utilizing him as a quarterback was something the New Orleans Saints had to do last year. But if they had their druthers, they would never use him as a full-time quarterback, and they would have a guy like Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton like we saw on Sunday so that they could sort of maximize the dynamic playmaking ability that Taysom Hill brings you when you can line him up in the backfield at tight end. Utilize him from the quarterback spot if you want to. Being able to move him around and sort of utilizing him as a chess piece is what makes him so effective, especially when you're able to do it in certain game situations that allow you to maximize what mismatches you can pick up, what you know, how light the box is on the defensive side, all of that. So once Jameis is healthy and back, I expect that the New Orleans Saints will continue to go with a little bit more of a conservative kind of take what the defense gives you approach to the passing game. But don't be surprised if we see a lot more Taysom Hill and a lot more Alvin Kamara running the ball moving forward. Certainly going to be exciting if we see a lot of that. Um, Short of getting healthy, what does this team need to work on going forward? Obviously getting a win this week, but what do they need to do going forward? I think their biggest next step is eliminating over on the defensive side the explosive plays that they've been allowing. Six different plays allowed in this game of 20-plus yards. Three of those went for touchdowns. Two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown on a big 69-yard run by rookie Kenneth Walker. Those are the things that New Orleans State's defense are going to have to get out of their system so that when the offense is out there putting up 39 points, they're not trying to close the game out late, and instead they're able to hold on to their leads. That's going to be the big thing. And getting Marcus May back, their free safety that was out and has been out for the past couple of weeks, that's going to be a huge, huge benefit for them in that category, especially with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd coming to town next weekend. And you can keep up with the New Orleans Saints by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Saints on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you choose to get your podcasts. And finally, Yankees reliever Araldus Chapman has been ruled out for the American League Divisional Series after he skipped a mandatory workout, leading to a fine and likely ending the All-Stars' seven-year tenure with New York. Chapman, who has not gotten a save since May 17th, had been scheduled to pitch batting practice Friday 
at Yankee Stadium, but the team said he instead was in Miami. After speaking with Chapman, manager Aaron Boone told general manager Brian Cashman he instructed the pitcher to stay away from the club. While the Yankees did not rule out Chapman for later rounds, they left the impression his return is going to be pretty unlikely. Thank you for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast. Make that your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, will the Chiefs continue their hot start to the season? At least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.